As far back as I could remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. I don't want no scrub. A scrub is a guy that can't get no love from me. Hanging out the passenger side of his best friend's ride, trying to holler at me. I don't want no scrub. A scrub is a guy that can't get no love from me. Hanging out the passenger side of his best friend's ride, trying to holler at me. Are you entertained? The Scrubs Podcast. Welcome back to the Scrubs Podcast. I'm Trey Alessio, the Dawn of Entertainment, virtually alongside Two Fly Tie Tie, Glove Lender Cam, Cade the Turtle Killer. They're all Scrubs. We are going through, just to be on, like kind of a deep little, little intro here, but uh, we're all going through some crazy times right now with the coronavirus. While some of the topics are related to COVID-19 pandemic, we want to take a step back, talk Maybe even laugh about some of the things we're passionate about. Music, movies, TV, sports, and gaming. We urge all of our listeners to abide by the health guidelines. Stay safe. Stay home. Keep a positive attitude. Thanks in advance for carving out some time to spend with us. We hope to make you smile, maybe laugh, take your mind off the craziness for a little bit in these trying times. Uh, Hopefully we can dethrone Ty here in the debate domination portion of uh, this the podcast that being said we have a lot to get to so let's get right to it uh we always start off with our pop culture headlines and we're gonna start with some music talk uh first of all before we do that what's up everybody cam Cade, how you doing i'm good yeah i'm good just loving all the music coming out surviving big year for the big year for the music Big year for the music. Yeah, yeah, your music. Yeah, it's <laughs> everything, really. <laughs> All right. And then, Ty, how you doing, homie? Hey, we're living the dream out here as much as we can in uh, the quarantine times. Uh, dreaming about quarantine. Love it. Mm. All right, let's uh, talk about some fun stuff. So uh, we're going to kick it off with music. Drake just dropped a new single, Tussy Slide. Uh, it's one tailor-made for the tiktokers here i know ties a tiktok uh, i don't know about you guys i yes. love tiktok for gen z this generation of tiktok uh, all right what what do we think of the song here does it live up to the quality of a drake song ty and i are going to debate drake in uh the debate portion so don't give all of your takes away but let's hear it yeah i'll i can start um you know i on the first listen for for me it was just you know at face value just kind of average drake song i didn't think it was too great but the more i listen to it the catchier it is and i definitely can see uh tiktok let me let me ask you let me ask you this though when you say the more it you it gets catchy do you watch the video and or tiktok with that in order to pick up some of that steam or just listening to the actual song. I haven't seen I, it. I watched the music video and I'm like, okay, it's a little that's, bit better. 
fire. The music video was fire. Yeah, the Cribs thing. That was yeah, cool. that was so cool. Talks about it yet, or like on TikTok yet, but I've seen the music video. Music video is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but I, Drake always has the growing power on you that whatever song he puts out, like maybe even if, for example, Hotline Bling, when that first single came out, it maybe was not just average. It was and warm then, received. And then it turned into the song of summer. Uh, so the, I don't know if this poten- potentially could be the song of summer, but it's, it's got a chance, I guess. We'll, we'll see what uh, kind of takes on if it in my, catch my in my feelings, if there's a dance to go along with it. Yeah. We'll see. It could go viral. Well, here, just uh, before we kick it to the Armstrong boys, uh, I will say, um, and I'm losing my train of thought here, hotline bling. I forgot. Just can't, Armstrong boys. <laughs> Go ahead, Cade. I'll let you go first. So, overall, I like the song. I still haven't seen a TikTok made with the sound, but it will happen. It's definitely made for TikTok. That's my first thought when I heard it. And the only problem I have is I don't like the first verse, like, at all. It really doesn't do it for me. But, overall, I like the song. Yeah. Cam. Uh, yeah, I like the song. I, I think the song is pretty good. It's not like my favorite kind of Drake. Like I, I like Drake when he's rapping like nonstop. He goes nuts. But I do like the song and I like I think it's a good idea on his part to make the dance like really easy so like anyone can do it. And I have actually seen a couple of TikToks. So I expect this to probably get be a pretty big song. But yeah, it's, it's good. It's not my favorite, but I like it. Let me ask you this. So I, I, I per- I'm going to break down the quality of the song in my mind in the debate, but I personally think it's mid. But um, do you think it was smart on his part to kind of capitalize on the quarantine and the fact that it's basically a TikTok song? So all these people in their house doing TikToks. Oh, yeah. Something like this. Absolutely. Yeah, that's perfect. It's perfect. There's nothing else to do, so why not? Like that's when you're gonna capitalize the most on it. So I, I definitely agree with the move. Do you think that that's the reason he chose this song as his next single, if you will? I'm sure probably, he has a yeah. Both. I would think that's probably why he went with this over something that was probably better per se. Will this be on an album? I don't think so. No. I would, I would like, I would hope it's leading to his next album, but I don't think it'll be on it. Yeah, Drake, Drake is Drake. I don't want to say always, but a lot of times he drops a, like a single per se, and then it's more of a promotional single that won't be on the album, like back to back, something like Meekin that. with Twenty One Savage, he did the same thing. Yeah, before More Life. I have seen, I have seen some funny uh, memes on Twitter about about this song and like. How am I supposed to slide my left foot if my right foot's already in the air? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Well, I'll I'll keep my most of my thoughts to the debate segment. But uh, anything else on this Drake song or Drake in general from you two? Since you, we have the floor for that later. Nope. I just miss Drake, man. Give me an album. Retweet, retweet. Yeah, you got to think he's gonna drop in 2020. Yeah, mm-hmm, he's sure. part of the guy, I think, but. We'll see. All right, I know Ty is chomping at the bit to talk about this one. Uh, Frank Ocean dropped two new songs, Dear April and Cayendo. 
Is that how you say it, Ty? Yeah, basically. He's a Spanish speaker over here. Um, so actually, these songs were technically released on vinyl. That he, he Frank is doing a weird thing where he will drop a single and release it on a like a forty-five vinyl, which I don't know. That's a weird marketing scheme. But so these songs, I think, reached people maybe a week, maybe two weeks ago, um, and now they're coming on streaming services so we all can hear them uh what do you what what do you guys think of these songs which one do you prefer ty go ahead you you're a fan of frank i really really like cayendo um for all you non-spanish speakers it means falling down um and he really i didn't know frank had that spanish in him and he flexed it hard um it's a really good song um and Mm. Frank has his niche. Uh, I mean, you know what you're going to get with Frank uh, in terms of the music that he puts out. Um, and he, he stuck to what he's good at. And these were two really, really well done songs. And I enjoyed them both. Uh, Dear April was very good, too. Um, but I think of the two, I like Cayenne better. I'm going to respectfully disagree. I like Dear April better. Um, and it's not because he speak, he's singing in Spanish. I just, I don't know, Dear April kind of hit me a little bit more. Um, I, and also to argue a little bit to, of your point where you kind of know what you're going to get with Frank, you do normally, but the past two songs that he's put out before these, um, I think it's in my room and, uh, D H L or something like that. Mm -hmm. They were completely different than anything he's done. I don't know if you've heard those two Ty, but, um, those were especially in my room. That one was way out of left field for him. And, I honestly didn't like it as much, maybe because it wasn't the same as we're used to, but um, I really enjoyed both of these songs. I just prefer Dear April. Um, I love You got to love a little new Frank in your life. It's so rare all the time, so got to appreciate Frank, it when it's happening. Frank Ocean is just such a vibe. I love putting, putting on some Frank. I would agree. Let's hear it from the Armstrong boys. I, I, I'm getting a feeling you guys aren't as enthralled with the Frank Ocean songs as we are. <laughs> So for me, it's it's not no disrespect to Frank, but it's really not what I'm looking for right now. Right now I'm feeling like banger type hits to my graduating year, you know. It's not really what I'm looking for. No disrespect though. <laughs> you will you will learn my young Padawan and do <laughs> I know, I know, but it's just how it goes. Yeah, for for me, I'm I was catching up. I was playing catch up with these albums, so I did not even get to these quite yet. But I I'm a Frank Ocean fan, so I'll get there. All right, all right. And then the critical question, I think, especially in Ty's mind, is an album on the way. Ty texted me this, and I responded with, um, "You would think that a couple songs dropping would mean an album is on the way, but with Frank Ocean, you just never know." He's so rare with when he puts out music and to mm-hmm. get a project together, that seems like almost impossible for the man. So I, I think like four, maybe more years than that uh, drop were in between. Uh, actually, I feel like it's longer than that. Check, check me on that. But Channel Orange and Blonde, yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like some years were passed in between. So who knows when we're going to get the, the follow up to Blonde. But uh what do you think, Ty? You think something's I coming? I think, Frank, if you're listening, 
take the time that you need to put out a product like Blonde. That's one of my favorite albums of all time. Um, but, you know, your fans want it. Your fans are, are, uh, are uh, ready for a new, new album. Um, so I hope it's on the way. You think it, it's got to be getting close to time for Frank to drop something. Um, and he's teasing us with these songs. It feels like an album's on the way. I will say, uh, in terms of him taking the time that he needs, he definitely does that. But I think also the reason why he does do that is because he's kind of dodging the labels left and right, especially when he dropped that visual album, um, that I can't think of the name of off the top of my head before Blonde. Remember when he had that live stream of just the building staircases and everybody was like, what's happening? And then it ended up being a visual album. Um, so that technically got him out of his deal. And then Blonde dropped to break his deal, if you will, becoming independent. So he's definitely one for dodging the label and breaking the rules, if you will, of dropping music. So he's doing it his way, which I appreciate. Um, take all the time you need. But yeah, I'd love a new Frank album for sure in 2020. Uh, so we'll see. Anything else on Frank Ocean, boys? No, nope. oh, you guys have that covered. All right. So next up, we just have a, a, a lineup of albums that dropped in between our uh, last podcast. So I'll just go through them and we can kind of talk about what we listened to, what we didn't, what we like, what we don't like. So uh, <laughs> written testimony by Jay Electronica and in parentheses, Jay-Z. It was basically mm -hmm. a collab album, which I really appreciated. Um, After Hours by The Weeknd, March 15th, 2020, by Childish Gambino, a.k.a. Donald Glover. Uh, Party Mobile by Party Next Door. Belo Before Love Came to Kill Us by Jesse Reyes and ADHD by Joyner Lucas. Um, did I miss any in there? I'm sure there were some. Turn uh, uh, Take Deluxe. Ah, uh, the deluxe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was basically another album. It was 14 songs, so... <laughs> Let me ask you guys about that. So technically, he dropped it, and is it called Love Is Love Is versus the World Two? Or that? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's what it would be. Album, or is it just the deluxe? It's it it's deluxe? both. Like uh, the only way I can describe it is both. Like <laughs> yeah, it's fourteen songs, and it's nothing like it's it's very similar to like his older stuff. It's not it's not similar to what he's doing like right now with what he did with Eternal Take. It's like it's all just kind of like turn up kind of stuff. It's not like he's a lot more melodic on that, whereas on Eternal Take, he's rapping. They're very different. I, re I respect the breakdown, but it all it's all sounding the same to me, so it doesn't matter. But what's your guys' favorite off the deluxe? Oh, man. Myron. My, I've been waiting on Myron for so long, ever since he put the snippet on Instagram. So Myron goes hard. I'm going to have to pick Moon Relate. I like I like Lotus. Lotus went crazy. I've been waiting on Lotus for a long time as well. What's the one with Chief Keith? Uh, um, Kobe Rowley. Yeah. It's called, it's technically called Bean Kobe. You like that one, Trey? I haven't. I didn't listen to it. <laughs> oh. Wow. I can't do it. It it pains me to listen to the first one. I'm sorry. So. Uh, <laughs> All right, we can break down that album further if we need to, but out of this uh, kind of pack of albums that uh, we had here, what'd you like, what didn't you like? Uh, are there some that you haven't even gone to? What do you think here? You guys can have the floor if you want. Hey, take first. Go ahead. Okay, so starting off, um, can you read me the album so I can just kind of like tell you 
Sure. I don't have the list up. Sure. We can all kind of, I'll just list out as we can give our takes, I guess. Uh, so let's start off with just a written testimony by Jay Electronica. What do you guys think of that one? So I actually really like this album. Um, my only critique is uh, sometimes the songs start sounding like the same, but like after more listens, that will go away for me. And there's two that I for sure added to my playlist. The one with Travis Scott and the uh, the TikTok one. The TikTok one? Get the gap. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, Cam, do you have anything else? Yeah, this album was great. I think it's a I think it's pretty disrespectful to claim it as Watch the Throne too, but yeah, it was super cool to see Jay Z come back. And come on, those two are not even in the same league. But yeah, it's super good album. The only reason I said Watch the Throne too is because of the back and forth. I it's Yeah, yeah level of the watch the throne but it was just because uh, technically jay-z isn't featured on any of the songs so uh, yeah. it's basically a collab album but um i really like this album um my favorite song is silver or shiny suit theory excuse me um i think that's the easiest to digest as a song um i don't know the only thing i guess i don't love about this album is it i don't know it doesn't really feel like it has a lot of repay replay value i think jay lon jay electronica is definitely a spitter and he hyped this album for 10 years and he dropped it as a debut and i appreciate it um but we only got 10 songs and some of them were really short i think the first one was just a skit in itself um and another thing i personally think jay-z really shined on this album um I honestly, if I'm being honest, the more and more Jay-Z drops verses and or songs, the more and more he uh, moves up the, the scale on my all time list. The man is doing doing it at a high level at the age of 50 or whatever he's at. Um, the dude is just an animal when it comes to rapping and storytelling. And I, I really liked what Jay Electronica has to say. I think he brings a a fresh voice to the table uh, with all the Muslim themes and it's music that I don't really um, know a lot about, be not really knowing that culture, but I really like that sort of thing. Uh, it feels very, it feels very layered and it feels like once you listen to it over and over, maybe some of those layers will peel back just after a couple listens that doesn't really happen for me. Um, but I did like it. I, I thought it was a really good album. I could see it cracking the top 10 in December, potentially. So, Ty, what do you think? Yeah, from, I didn't got through the entire album, um, but I could say it's fair to say that I enjoyed Jay-Z on this album more than Jay Electronica, just um, from the songs that I've listened to. Um, the one with Travis Scott's really good, uh, but from what I've heard, it's a pretty good album. All right, there we go. Moving right along, After Hours, I... I'm excited to break this one down because I really enjoyed it. Uh, the Weeknd's latest album, After Hours, um, really felt like he was going back to his roots on this one, but he also kind of meshed it with uh, kind of the new Starboy. It's kind of a mesh of all all of what he's been doing in the past. Uh, what do you guys think of this one? I'll let someone else go. Okay, I'll, I take, I'll take the lead. How about that? I haven't taken the lead yet. All right, so this album was... 
I could say that this album was absolute fire. It would definitely, it's it's got to be sitting number two for me right now, obviously behind Eternal Take. But literally from start to finish, I love the start. It, it reminded me a lot more, like with Alone Again, Too Late, and Hardest to Love. They remind me of like, kind of like almost like trilogy. Hardest to Love would be a little sketchy for that one. But, and then like towards the back half, it seems like he's going more Starboy with Blinding Lights and songs like that. It just seemed like he took everything that he'd done and kind of put it into one. And the three-song run between Too Late, Hardest to Love, and Scared to Live is just fire. So, yeah, I mean, I would extend that run, but most people categorize that as three-song run. So, right. But yeah, this album was super good. Definitely in my top three right now. Okay. Can I go or do you have some? I, I don't have much to say. Um, it was really... This, song, this album is one that I think you can just put on and listen to and just vibe with it, uh, no matter what kind of mood you're in. Um, the weekend is super, super talented and love when he puts out good music like this. Um, and I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I think of the ones listed here, this one definitely has the most replay value. Um, and the week, the weekend usually doesn't disappoint. He's a superstar. Uh, piggybacking off that, I think there's a little something for everybody. You got Heartless and Blinding Lights, the clear-cut, radio-friendly ones. But then you got the deep, kind of in-your-feel cuts. You got, um, I don't know, you, it, they have, he has a little bit of rapping on there and Snow Child. Uh, I really, really, really enjoyed this album. This might be one of my top albums this year so far. There's been a lot, but... Uh, especially in the first quarter, but I think this is definitely up there with the top three. Um, my three-song run that I absolutely loved was Scared to Live, Snow Child, and Escape from L.A. I mean, then you go into Heartless and Faith, which Faith is my sleeper pick on this album. Love that song. Um, Snow Child is probably my favorite. It's more of a rapidy vibe. But, um, man, this album is amazing. Like you, like Cam said, there's a little bit of everything on here. He kind of meshes all of his prior sounds into one, and uh, I love it. it. It's great. Scared to Live is probably the the what I could see as the next single, if you will. But Snow Child, Don't Sleep, and Faith, Don't Sleep. I think my absolute favorite is Alone Again, the very first song. I think that song is fire. Yeah, there, man, it really sets the tone. Also, I know you two haven't watched Uncut Gems, but I swear to God that on multiple songs, he samples the very beginning when they're looking into the gem and you see all the colors and you hear that. Like, I swear it's pulled straight from the movie. You get Uncut Gem vibes on this album. <laughs> I don't have to explain it. It's awesome. And he's in the movie, yeah, so he, that, he that's why, too. But, um, yeah. What do you think, Cade? Do you like The Weeknd? Uh, I haven't even heard the full album yet like i haven't heard all the songs i've heard most of them um i don't really like the slower stuff but i do like the blinding lights one kate is anti like feels like that's just how it's been lately. i don't know why <laughs> all about the right. it's i got a question me. for you it's, it's more of like a point to like the group but like has anyone been able to keep up with how he's doing his like deluxe album it's like he's added a couple songs, then he's added a couple more. I, I just about that later. I don't know, but I do want to ask, like, how do you feel about deluxe albums? It seems like they're more and more common, and like since we brought it up with Uzi as well. 
But do you think that this is something everyone's going to do? Or do you think it's just a gift to boost their, boost their uh, album back up on the charts? Yes. I yeah. think I think it's a gimmick. Uh, I, if we are we gonna get to a what's pissing you off segment, or do you want me to just do this right now? I mean, oh, is that your thing? Yeah, it's my thing. All right, then I'll just let you do it at the end. Okay. All right. If anyone else wants to chime in, but I'll I'll wait till the end because yeah, it's kind of annoying. Trey's <laughs> <laughs> upset. I will I will say the the blinded by the lights TikToks are pretty comedy. Yeah, those are great. <laughs> TikTok, TikTok. I think that's all we. <laughs> I was a hater. I was a TikTok hater as well, but I'm a I'm a big TikTok guy now. I think everyone was. I'm not a hater. I I, I was a Vine guy back in the day. I just I don't know. I don't have the time to just sit there and laugh at TikToks. I'll wait for him to come to Twitter. <laughs> but uh, all right, let's move on to Childish Gambino. I know Cade feels a certain type of way about this one, uh, so you can have it if you want it. Okay, so I am very disappointed with this. Um, as soon as I got into it, um, the song names is just like a bunch of numbers, which one I don't like because I'm not going to be like play 34, 28. But also, I just I don't see like this. Most of the songs aren't good. They're not. <laughs> they're slow. Oh, they're not a beggar. No, they're not even slow. They're just weird. I knew I'll add on it. I've honestly never been more like turned off by an album than <laughs> it was. I'll tell you my my road to listening. I'll tell you my road to listening to this. So Trey, we're over at family game night. We're playing cards, and Trey puts on this child, the new child. It's like the day it comes out. Or it's the trippiest of the ones, and it literally was the grossest song I've ever heard in my life. And I'm like, okay. The whole album cannot be like this. It so, is. So I'm like, give it a shot and listen to the first two songs. I'm just like, I do not like this at all. And I haven't, I haven't got past the, the third song. The I think song. the third song is the the trippy one that you heard. What, whatever. It's not. I maybe the album as a whole is better, but no, I just can't be. I promise you. The only song I that I'd come close to listening to is the last one. But when I really thought about it, I think it's because the whole album already, like, dismembered me. Like, You were just so happy it was over. That's why yeah, you and I was last. happy that I actually got a song with the last one. But I didn't add it to my playlist because it's not something I'd listen to anyways. Wow. Cam, I want to hear yours because I, I have some thoughts. I got too scared to listen, man. Everyone was saying it was trash. So I couldn't do it. <laughs> Wow. Okay. It was your beautiful with your beautifully weird comment was just a way to dodge the word trash, so I didn't listen to it. <laughs> I'm sticking to it. There are definitely trippy. So first of all, let me uh, talk about the the numbers. So Childish Gambino released this uh, early on a Sunday morning on his website, and it was live streaming throughout the day. And you could literally go to the website and just it was like a it was a loop of the album and you press play and just listen to it. So what I have heard is that he wanted to release this album under the name Donald Glover and his label didn't want him to do that. He um, wanted to release it as Childish Gambino. And so he released it as Donald Glover presents on his website. 
and the label wanted him to be Childish Gambino, so he made a compromise and released it on streaming services with the timestamps from the streaming or from the video playing on the website. So that's why they're the numbers of the timestamps of that that loop that was going. And he released it under Childish Gambino to compromise with the label. That's what I have put together and heard um, to talk about the sound of the album and the theme and all that. Um, I think there is a theme muddied in there that, you know, people probably aren't really looking for it. There are definitely definite weird songs. Um, I don't know off the top of my head, which numbers they are, but um, the one I show Ty is definitely the weirdest one uh, for sure. There are really good, like musically wise, he's not rapping on this. Um, I think he has 21 Savage on a song. A lot of people were saying he had Ariana Grande on a song, but checking the genius lyrics, uh, she's not labeled on there. So I think it's just a random singer who I don't know the name of off off the top of my head. But um, muddied in kind of the weirdness, I think the theme of it is love and loving yourself. And I know it's corny, but whatever. It is a solid musical album. Um, very different doesn't have a lot of replay value i'll be honest like after one listen you get the gist i don't really find myself going back to it a lot um but i will stick to my beautifully weird comment because i think that's what it is i think it is a it is a good album but i don't foresee myself going back to it and listening to it a lot i can't go back to it how does that make it good if, if all you can make, make it through is one listen, how how is that good? No, I, I, I mean, if I feel the urge to, you know, I need some lovey-dovey, uh, kind of beautiful music with the strings and the pianos in the background, like, I'll throw it on. But um, I, I just, like, as a whole, I don't know if I'll revisit it. But if a song comes up on shuffle, I'll probably listen to it. But what, what do you have? I was just going to say, if you... What would you prefer to um, listen to again? Eternal Take or <laughs> Childish Gambino? Are you? Kidding? Oh my goodness! I Are don't. you serious? All right, but out of all of them, I prefer After Hours. The Weekends album is killing it. For oh me. yeah, we we know this. Yeah, of these so far. Don't sleep on this Childish Gambino album. I honestly wonder if like the Grammys will like uh, this album. Because it's very musical and very different, but but it's a it's a theme of love which a lot of people can get behind. I know you guys didn't get through it and pick that out, but don't All sleep, right. don't sleep. Let's keep it going. Uh, Party next door. Did anybody listen to this and like it? I did. I did like it actually. I liked it a lot. Wow. Definitely have to be in a mood to listen to it. That's for sure. Because part, party next door, you have to be like, I don't know, in, in your feels heavy. But I do like his single, The News. That was good. Like, because I, I went in, Trey, you told me you didn't like it and you didn't make, make it through it. But I actually found a lot of songs that I will add to my playlist and I'll like. Like, PGT is good, Never Again. But my favorite, or no, yeah, my favorite is Never Again. That song just hit me and it was really good. So don't sleep on this album. Probably my most underrated album this year. Cam shed a thug tear on this album. I respect that. The one with Rihanna, I did like. I thought it was catchy. I, I was a little annoyed that she hasn't dropped a song in like six years, wherever it's been. And 
she's on the chorus and sings maybe five words, which is kind of annoying. But that's a catchy song. I, I that one was all right. Uh, the one with Drake also catchy. But I don't know. I'm just not a big party next door fan. I'll be honest. I I gave it a fair shot and wanted to like it and listen to it, but I don't know. I think the whole with it, it did it drop the same day as the weekend? Maybe not. Maybe mm-hmm. a week. But uh, I think I, it I, did. Okay, I had that kind of in my head, and like I was still vibing off that, so maybe that is the reason. But yeah, what do you think? I these next albums I have not listened to a single song on any, any of them. Okay, well, Ty the rest of them I have not. Ty will take a seat on the next the next few. But uh, Kay, did you listen? Well. Like it? Um, I also think I'm in the same boat as Ty's. <laughs> not gonna lie here. I I have not listened to Joyner Lucas's uh, album in full. I mean, he released like eight of the songs prior to the album release, so I've heard most of it. Um, but I do want to. I know you guys probably haven't listened to Jesse Reyes, but I just want to show it some love because I really enjoyed this album. So she's a kind of new up and coming R&B singer. How I know her is because she was featured on Eminem's uh, Kamikaze album. And actually she might've been featured on the deluxe version of Marshall Mathers LP too. Uh, But either way, she kind of has done some stuff with Eminem in the past. And so I saw through the grapevines that she's dropping her debut album. Eminem is actually on this debut album. And uh, it's really, really good, really unique. Um, highly recommend. So if you're looking for more R&B vibes, uh, recommend. And also, the girls are killing it this year so far. We have that one. We have uh, Janae Keo, which I think was the best album that dropped that day, personally. Um, and, and, yeah, so that's that's what I got. Uh, did any of you guys listen to ADHD, Joyner Lucas, or no? No. The only thing I have on that one, I haven't listened to the full thing, but absolute terrible marketing strategy for this album, putting out an album that you have, I'm pretty sure it's eight songs or so um, of a 16, like that's half. Uh, they, they, they released them, they released them beforehand. Uh, if you're going to do it that way, might as well put I'm Not Racist, which I think is Joanna Lucas's best song. Um, on the album to boost the streaming i just i don't know the marketing standpoint of it not great um will where he's shouting out will smith i like that that was cool um devil's work and then the one with logic all pretty good songs i just i don't know joiner lucas has a very niche audience and i don't know I, i i think he has the potential to be really good but for some reason, and I love Logic, but I think he's going to take the same trajectory as a Logic where a lot of people hate and he just kind of fizzles out. Now, with saying that, I do have high hopes for Logic to reemerge with this No Pressure album. Hopefully that'll drop this year, and I hope he kind of comes back to his old roots. But we'll see how Jordan Lucas goes. But anything else on uh, the music front for you guys? Uh, one more thing about Jay Electronica. Yeah. I like the Star Wars reference he put in. Yep. If you didn't catch it, you're not a real Star Wars fan. I, I caught it for sure. I caught it. These other scrubs probably didn't, but I got it. Okay, um, let's move on to movies and TV. Uh, I'm excited to hear Cade's takes on these. Uh, first one, we are going to talk about Rosario Dawson. She has been cast as the live-action version of Ahsoka Tano in the second te- season of 
The Mandalorian. This will be the first time we see a live action version of Ahsoka Tano. Um, we also, there's a rumor flying. I don't think it's been confirmed yet, but uh, a spin-off series of her own is rumored to be coming to Disney Plus after the second season of Mandalorian. A uh, lot of fun things coming down the Disney Plus Star Wars realm. Uh, Cade, I know this is right up your alley, so let's hear, let's hear what you got. Okay, so my thoughts on the casting. It's a perfect cast. The only thing I'm worried about is I've seen Ahsoka through the Clone Wars. She's animated. I've seen her in Rebels. She's animated. So I'm just wondering how it's going to look live action. You know, I'm a little worried. I want it to be good. It's going to be a little weird, but I think it's going to be fine. And I think it's a perfect cast. Don't spoil. I know, I know, I know. Of course, but um, yeah, she's basically the main character of the Clone Wars. So I'm really excited to see a live action version of her. I'll be, I'm on midway through season four, so I'm catching up. I'm excited to see where they land on her character arc and development after the end of Clone Wars. So just first background. So and I may be totally off on this one. So the clone, the animated Clone Wars, right? Is that uh, that is obviously before Episode Two, correct? Live action. Yeah. Because then, because then Order sixty six happens, and then the clones turn on the, the episode jet. three is Order sixty six. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Okay. So is it in before between- Episode three? Okay, so it's in between two and three, right? I knew it was in between two, but I didn't know where it fell between, like, where episode two stands with it. So it's in it's in between episode two and three, live It's action. for sure before three because, yeah, because. Yeah, I knew that. I knew, I knew that. I just didn't know where it fell in accordance to episode two. So I yeah. think it's in between the, those two. Um, I've heard rumors that, it overlaps episode three, the last season of the animated Clone Wars. So I'm That's really excited. Rumor. I'm excited to see where that falls and where they leave her, because obviously we don't see her in the live action universe thus far. So maybe she's going to go away like Obi Wan. Who knows? But I'm I'm excited to see that. I think it's a great casting move. So I'm here for it. I will say. I think this makes the season two Mandalorian a lot more interesting. Um, bringing Jedi into into this uh, universe now, yep. um, so there's a lot that they can do with that. And if I'm not, is so she is in in the Clone Wars? Is she Anakin's apprentice? Yes. She's, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot that they can do with this in the Mandalorian. I think it makes it super interesting. I'm excited to see what they do with it, and I think it's a really good um, cast. Yeah. Um, to, I know this question is on the docket a little bit, but I, I'm just going to go ahead and answer it. I personally think this makes the Clone Wars essential viewing. Um, you're not going to get as much out of her appearance in The Mandalorian, I don't think, unless you watch The Clone Wars. Now, it's a, it's a big time commitment. <laughs> I crank out a couple a night when I'm watching or eating dinner and making dinner. But... Um, uh, she's a great character, and I'm excited to see how it translates to what will definitely be sure to be a darker live-action Mandalorian. Because I mean, comparatively to from the animated Clone Wars to just season one of Mandalorian, 
that's a big jump to darkness, if you will, and gritty. Um, so I'll be interested to see what makes her go away and what makes her kind of turn into what she will be. But yeah, right. go have you? Do you know the end of Clone Wars at all yet? Oh, I don't. So don't. Spoil it. Okay, I won't. But that kind of is what ties into why I think she's in the Mandalorian. Okay. All right. Well, when we get there, we'll discuss that. But um. I, question for you two, Cam and Ty. Are you will you guys be watching Clone Wars with the announcement of this? I I really don't think Disney Plus would do like make it essential to like be able to follow the 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 Mandalorian. I I mean it might kinda like the MCU does, like it'll give you little tidbits in the shows I went what was it, Agent um jones or something on netflix agent carter agent carter like you get little easter eggs and they have some relevancy in the in the show or in the movies or in the shows um i think it'll be more like that i don't think it'll be essential to be able to follow okay cam cam you said you're not watching no i'm not gonna be watching but shout out to trey for watching an anime <laughs> that's not anime it's animated that's an anime it's kind of it's, it's nope. It's it's animated, so it's an anime. <laughs> sure, I'll I'll take it. I, that's fine with me. I can rep it now. Um. Okay. What? Uh. Oh yeah. This is more for Kate. Would you be excited if she got her own live action Disney Plus series? Do you think? I think Go I ahead. Think I and a lot of people would be excited because, like me. She's a lot of people's favorite Jedi, and it's because you see the growth of her. You see a lot of things. The only part in her story that we're missing is the middle, and you have that full thing to do. You, We see her beginning, and we see the end. We just want to see the middle, and you can do a lot. <laughs> what, Trey? No, I'm just kidding. I said I think he's spoiling. No, I haven't. Okay, cool. All right, um, let's move on a little bit uh, to the Marvel Phase 4 slate. So obviously with Corona, uh, all of these movies are getting pushed back and or going to video on demand, which I can, uh, I will definitely talk about during this segment, but let's keep it more focused on Marvel to start out. Um, I'll just reel off the new dates for these Marvel movies, and then we can kind of talk about the movie theater a going experience as a whole. Um, so, first of all, the biggest news, I think, of this announcement is Black Widow finally gets a new movie theater date. Um, it's November 6th of this year. A lot of people were speculating whether or not it was going to go um, early to video on demand and then early release on Disney+, Plus, similar to the Pixar movie Onward, which I just watched last night and I actually really enjoyed. So a lot of people were thinking, was this going to go straight to Disney Plus or not straight to Disney Plus, you know what I mean, video on demand and then Disney Plus a little bit later. So with this announcement, we get a movie theater date for Black Widow from in 2020 if this whole thing passed. Still obviously tentative. And if this whole Corona thing keeps going, maybe it will have to get pushed even further. Um, another big thing, the Eternals, which was supposed to come out this year. Um, it got pushed back to 2021. It is now slated for February 12th, 2021. Uh, the Shang-Chi movie, the first Asian-led Marvel movie, 
That uh, will be May 7th, 2021. Doctor Strange 2 we have going to November 5th, 2021. Thor Love and Thunder we have February 18th, 2022. Black Panther 2 we have May 8th, 2022. And then we also got a new announcement with Captain Marvel 2. That will be coming July 8th, 2022. So out of all those announcements, what's your biggest takeaway? I'll give it to Cam because I know he's a Marvel guy. Yeah, my biggest takeaway is like it just shows that they where they really make their money is the experience going to the movie theater. So I think Marvel, they, they really enjoy like bringing you to the theater and bringing you all together, I guess. So I guess that's why they stick with that. And that's where those movies really shine. Like you don't get the same effect from Endgame here like if i was watching it here versus if i was when i watched it at the movie theater it's just it just hits different so i think that's what they're really trying to stick with but yeah take your time make the movies as good as they can be so. I mean, can i go on yeah, my no. video on demand rant? I, I just have a couple of things here i would say out of all of those i would say and I, I want all your guys' takes on the what's your one you're most excited for i would say black panther 2 is uh, my most uh, anticipated one that I'm most excited for. Uh, and with that being said, this phase four, I'm a little nervous for Marvel. Mm-hmm. Nervous. Make or break, honestly. They have a lot of sequels. You got Doctor Strange 2, Black Panther 2, Captain Marvel 2. Thor 4. Yeah, and I, just in cinema in general, sequels are they're tough and they're usually not as successful as the originals. So I'm a little nervous about Marvel in this phase. I, I have faith that they'll get it right. Um, and I mean, the Black Widow movie is just pretty much throwing, throwing Skojo a, a bone here. Uh, so we'll see how the, the Shang-Chi movie uh, plays out. And uh, I think, I really think Black Panther 2 is going to be a, a hit. A so, banger. Yeah. Uh, I will say out of all those, I'm probably most excited for Black Panther 2. I've heard rumors of uh, Namor being the, the basically Marvel version of Aquaman being the villain. I've kind of heard that uh, through the grapevine, whether it's true or not, is yet to be discovered. But Black Panther 2, I will definitely be really excited for. Out of all of them, the most intrigue, I think, comes from the Eternals. I think it has been for me um, since it's been announced. The, the cast for number one is just out of this world it's going to be insane a-list cast but also i personally don't know anything about these i know thanos has something to do with the eternals and i'm just really intrigued about a new group of characters so i i i really am interested in that one but also don't forget the disney plus series that will be looping into these movies so that will also add another element to these uh movies for me, I'm gonna. The one I'm most excited for is Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness. Um, I'm not gonna get too much into it because that's for later. But yeah, that's for later. He says, "Okay, <laughs> that's for later." Uh, the one I'm most excited for, probably. Oh my God, there's so many. I I get really excited over these movies, but uh, I'll probably I'll take Thor: Love and Thunder. There's a lot they can do with that. Solid choice. Solid choice. Is is Thor gonna be fat? I think Thor is going to be back. I hope so. I hope he's not fat. Fat? Um, I don't know. I, I could see him getting in shape for Guardi- in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I've I heard that's happening. That one. 
That would be very disappointing. James, yeah. if, if he's not in it, then why did they even do that at the end of Endgame? I know. Why did they do that? Um, I just want to briefly kind of vent a little bit about all of this. Uh, we were going to kind of discuss it in the debate segment, but I don't think Ty has a real um, passionate take on this one, so I'm just going to talk about it here. Um, I personally am very nervous for movie theaters moving forward with this whole Corona thing and the video on demand and really streaming services. Um, so obviously if these, if this route is successful, like an onward, um, I see more and more movies doing this, even when this Corona thing goes away, I think it's just easier to make the movie and then give it out. Now, um, financially, maybe it's harder to track because you wouldn't have a box office per se. Um, but I am all for definitely the movie going experience. I love going to the movies. I think it's a communal thing when, like Cam said, when you go and you experience uh, that crazy scene of Endgame when they're all coming out and doing the Doctor Strange thing and they all come Spoilers. out. Um, what? Spoilers. Spoilers, I guess. Sorry. Uh, if you haven't seen Endgame, you're living under a rock, so I'm sorry. But I just, I really, really hope that this isn't going to become the norm, and I hope theaters don't die because of this. It would be very sad. Um, now, I get, if it's if, if it's truly a limited thing, and it's because everyone is quarantined and in corona um, land and the movie theaters you can't go to them obviously so they're they want to get the movies to you i get that but i just hope that they they see a little bit of success there and i hope they don't just kill movie theaters all around uh, that's my fear um being a screenwriter i the dream is to see a movie of mine on the big screen so i really hope that um this isn't a trend to come i just hope it's an anomaly right now and that's my rant so what one thing I do, I just want to add. I, I mean, in, inevitably, we're headed down that path. I don't think movie theaters will ever go away. But the, the, the if they do not, if they stick around, the only reason they will stick around is for these Marvel and Star Wars and big blockbuster movies. I am also a advocate of the Oscar movies going to yeah um, theaters and the fluor cinemas and the smaller movies. That's you know what I mean? I mean what's the what's the Thanos uh, preview quote? I'm inevitable. It's inevitable. You can dread it. Run, run. <laughs> Destiny um, lives. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Kate. I I wonder how piracies like I feel like if it's videos on demand, piracy is just gonna go way up. Yeah, well, it's probably the same with movie theaters. They get it out there one way or another, but that's another whole discussion. Um, okay, uh, just kind of a fun little topic, I guess, before we move on to Ty's things. Um, is there a movie that has something to gain from this delay and any that will lose anything? Um, if not, we can move on, but I just thought that's kind of a fun little discussion to maybe have. Um, I, for me, I think mm. Widow is losing a little bit of luster to me. I, out of all of these movies, right away off top on paper, I'm not as interested as in Black Widow, and it's not because she's a woman. It's just because we've seen her before a million of times, and it's a prequel, and it just feels like this should have happened years ago. So 
I don't know. And they've come out with two trailers, and it just feels like it needs to be here now. Now I have to wait to November. So I'm losing a little bit of luster on that one. Now I do get once, hopefully, this uh, quarantine thing passes and we get to go to movie theaters, there will be a surge because people just want to go do stuff. But I think that one, the push hurts a little bit. These other ones, obviously, they're in uh, production still. So I think all of them have more to gain because they have more time to plan and make everything right. But Black Widow is more, most certainly done, and now they're just pushing it. I think that hurts it a little bit. So we'll see. But I think Doctor Strange has a lot to gain because they, they had to switch directors. Right. So I think that in particular has the most to gain from the being pushed back. There you go. I like that take. All right. Uh, so Ty put on for why I haven't watched Tiger King yet. Um, <laughs> I'll have watched it then, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. I just heard, I've, I've already heard tons of stuff about it on Twitter. I'm sure it's compelling. I'm sure it's interesting. I'm sure I've heard it's so weird. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't really feel the need to watch it at this point. There's so much going on right now, but I eventually will probably watch it. So you should well, watch it. It's pretty I think good. You definitely do need to watch it. What? What'd you guys think of it? <laughs> it was crazy, dude. I did not expect a single thing that was going to happen. I was like, Oh my God, what is going on down here? It's just like, the whole premise of it, like, it's interesting, and then they throw other things, and it's just a snowball, and you can't look away. Like, the whole time I was, like, from the first episode, I was like, oh, yeah, we're just going to look at, like, this guy's zoos and his tigers. I was like, what the hell is going on here? I was I was throwing a curveball. I was confused. I love the, I love the dynamic between the, like, rival uh, tiger communities. Uh, it I just thought it was super interesting, funny. Um, I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, thrilling drama or anything like that. No. It's, it's mindless watching. You can just watch it for something see, fun to watch. See, that's I don't like that. I need. I, I want to be invested. You well, will be invested. Yeah, you yeah. invest it. It's like a crime documentary, basically. It's, it's one of... It's a car crash that you can't look away from. Exactly. Perfect description. Is it better than McMillions? I haven't finished McMillions yet, but I would say I enjoyed Tiger King more than wow. <laughs> McMillions. I love that. <laughs> uh, will they make a biopic of it? Of what? A Tiger King. Probably not. You don't think? No. Okay. Fair enough. Um, all right. Let's uh, talk Ozark. Have you guys started yet? I do not watch this show. I thought you guys watched Ozark. That's why I put it on. I So me and my roommate just recently started it. We're about halfway through the first season, um, and we're really enjoying it. I think we're hooked. Um, looking forward to, to pushing through and getting to the most recent season. I know Trey really likes this show, so don't, uh, spo- don't spoil I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil. I just want to say this one thing. After, like, I'm done with the new season, it's amazing. Um, I will say hot take that is it is a top ten show of all time for me. It is. Wow. It is that good. It, it is a smart show. It's uh, beautifully written. Jason Bateman, who off the top you guys probably think is a comedic actor, he plays his role perfectly. Um, it's just amazing. It's really, really good. So you guys, you guys don't watch it, Cam K? I've not seen an episode. Nothing. 
I'll yeah, start it though. It's 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 solid so far from what I've what I've watched. Yeah. Recommend it for sure. All right, let's let's keep it going. So we we we're uh, running a little long here, but so we want to get to our d- debate domination. Well, so good this thing one, there's not a lot of sports because there's no sports going on. Right? I did watch the 2K tournament though. Shout out Pat Bev. I did throw that in there. Yeah. So uh, a <laughs> things. Uh, the NBA had a 2K tournament. I didn't even know that was going on, but uh, Cam and Cade uh, told me about it. Did anybody watch? Who won it? By the way, does anybody know this? Or? I mean, the tournament is not over. It's like a running thing. Twitter and stuff like that. I just know Harrison Barnes got absolutely disrespected, destroyed. <laughs> like um, that, if that was paid, he would uninstall the free. <laughs> man. Like, you can't, you can't put a showing like that, man. I heard he lost by like 40 points yes, or something. Yes. yes. <laughs> not really. I love very proudly. No, I just love you, Harrison Barnes. Come on the show. I have a critique for it, so. Okay. I mean, it's all fun, but I've watched a lot of esports like events, and I I don't know. I, I guess I kind of thought it'd be a little more like professional like that. I guess I went in with too high of expectations. I knew they were gonna be bad, but like I wanted them to have like better cameras and better mics. But yeah, I love Patrick Beverly talking trash on the mic. I could probably watch that twenty four hours a day. That was it's so, so fun. It's fun. I honestly, I honestly <laughs> I expected nothing less from from Patrick. <laughs> I love Patrick Beverly. He is the man. <laughs> uh, that's all I have for that. It was, it, was, it was fun. Every clip that I watch, everyone's the Bucks and just is using the Giannis cheese. <laughs> he is the most OP 2K player, I swear. Yeah. Good time. And then really the only, in my mind, really the only other uh, big thing that's happened in sports other than everything getting canceled because of Corona um, is Tom Brady. He signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Crazy, crazy. I did not see this coming a mile away. Uh, I did go back and listen to the archives (laughs) on the last podcast that he was going to Tom Brady to the Bucks. You said the Bucks. I said the Bucks or the Raiders. Go listen to the archives, folks. Might have to check that one. But uh, yeah, crazy. I did not. It's just going to be weird seeing him in a jersey that's not New England. So, yeah, be a good fit. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's going to be wild. Gonna be weird. Rip but. Cam Newton in Carolina. That's all I got to say. <laughs> there have there honestly been a lot of NFL moves yeah. that, that have happened. Very yeah. similar to the NBA almost. It was crazy. Yeah. Like the I've NBA seen, superstar movement. is just. It, it has been interesting to see this Tom Brady news. And the the Bucks stock has pretty much skyrocketed. I think I saw NFL power ranking that had them at like ninth or eighth. Uh, they they had Tom Brady has some options, uh, some some weapons down there. Yeah, for sure. I just don't know if they'll have the protection, and that's going to be the biggest thing for. I mean, they have the weapons, but Tom Brady's not going to move around, and that's why he was so successful in in New England is because he always had tons of time to throw. Um, and if he's under pressure, like if you look at James Winston, he was sacked one of the most of anyone in the league last year. That cannot be the case for for Tom Brady. Like he will not survive in that. So I expect Tampa Bay to make some more moves on the offensive line and to draft on the offensive line um, for this in order to work. Because 
Tom Brady's not what he used to be. Like he's still a good quarterback, but he's not going to be able to move around and be as elite as he used to be. So I don't foresee like Tampa Bay like winning the Super Bowl or anything like that. Um, I would say a wild card bid at best for for them. I will say to piggyback off that, um, Tom Brady. It just to me, just you know, watching him, it seems like the Patriots more and more recently. Maybe it's because Tom Brady's getting older, but they seem to dump off a lot, um, running slants over the middle and having success that way. So maybe if the Bucks kind of morphed their offense into that, um, he could get the ball off quicker. Um, so that's just, I guess, a suggestion for you guys, if you want coach Trey over here, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, they'll win some games. I don't know if they'll win the Super Bowl. I this is going to be weird to see him as, as a buck. It's just, it will it's be just weird. Different. Also, while we're on the topic of NFL and sports, Todd Gurley, no longer a Rams. Rip. I was, I was sad to see that he's now on the Falcons. Rip. Uh, I think the Rams are in a little bit of trouble here. I don't. I'm a little worried about. Uh, Especially because the Niners and Seahawks are. They're, they're, they're in the toughest division in football. Um, they're going to they have a lot of money tied up in some star athletes. They freed up some money with, with Todd Gurley. We'll see what they can do with it. Um, I don't know if Jared Goff is the franchise quarterback, um, and there's a lot of question marks for the Rams. Sign Cam Newton if you're not scared. With the Panthers, Cam, so uh, you can you can drop those on us. What? What do you what do you got? How do you feel about the Panthers? The moves they've been making. Dude, I'm I'm heartbroken that Cam Newton is gone. I mean, yeah, we got Teddy Bridgewater, whatever, man. I just I Cam took him to a Super Bowl. He he's never done Carolina wrong. They just did him dirty. Can't, he hasn't even been signed by anyone, has he? Nope. nope. Has, Dolphins. Let's pick Don't accept. No way. I'm just kidding. I would, what if the Patriots could pick him up? Honestly, that's I what I was thinking. I was thinking Patriots. Yeah, sure. I could see it. All it's right. Not a throw again. Another kind of sports thing that I just thought of: the Bulls documentary that was supposed mm. to be June is coming out April 19th. Really excited about that one. It's a 10-part series. And they got Michael Jordan on it, so I'm hype. Um, other than that, are we? Is there anything we're missing from sports that uh, you really want to talk about? I mean, uh, dude, I'm excited you want to see the greatest yeah. player of all times documentary. Here we go. Yeah. For, yeah. Uh, hey, after watching this, uh, Cam and Ty, they're going to be swayed a little bit. So. We're not going to be swayed. I'm going to be swayed that he was playing against bum com- competition. Uh, Best player go. I ever played against is Carl Malone. <laughs> all right I never made it to the finals without pippen yeah never made it out of the first round without pippen um this is a this is a debate domination for another time let's get into today's unless you have anything else on sports uh are we going to talk about what sports we're missing the most? yeah that's what we're doing right now if you want to talk about it yeah uh i'm i'm missing baseball for sure uh and I'll say, I, I mean, I'm missing just sports in general. Um, one, I want to say if college football gets canceled, I will legitimately be in tears. That will freaking suck. I've um, heard a rumor that they might only go to conference games, which I don't know where that lands for Notre Dame because they're not in a conference. Yeah, but I don't know. I have heard that rumor, like, legitimately. I yeah, I mean, Kurt Herbstreit has been on ESPN saying that it's a, like, a very real possibility that the college football season might get canceled. Um 
my friend Willie O'Hara. It plays football for North Dakota State. If you're listening, what's up, Willie? Um, they're saying that like, they're canceling spring games and trainings in the summer. So like, these athletes aren't going to have the time to prepare for the season. Um, and that's what the issue is going to be. Hi, Mars. Uh, that's what the issue is going to be when it comes to the college football season. Uh, and I mean, there's a lot. I don't know if we're – I, I want to save uh, a lot of my stuff here for if we get to the what sport has the most impact on the sports world, Dean Don and the debate domination. You ain't going to be there, so it's going to be all right. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot to say about that. Uh, one, one tidbit I do want to put uh, while we're on the topic of missing sports is I'm just so, so – if this NBA season gets canceled, I feel so bad for LeBron. Uh, and the, I mean, this whole this whole season in general, like this is one of twenty twenty has sucked. Go last, ahead and say this it. This is one of the last few years of LeBron James's prime, like that we're seeing him with a, a legitimate shot to win uh, another ring, and he could potentially get robbed of him this year. We'll see how, if they're able to finish the season or not. Um, but this season, in, NBA season in general, was good making to be a fantastic finish so i'm really sad that that that's not um we're not going to see that sports in general we just want them back and baseball i want some baseball we'd be coming down the home stretch of the nba regular season right now so oh my goodness like the playoffs will be starting in less than 10 days you really hate to see that rip 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 i miss baseball i want to see people hit nukes and throw gas (laughs) There you go. All right, should we do some debate domination? I think it's time. It is time. Okay. Uh, Who wants to go first, me and Ty or? Yeah, I want to see you two go first. All right. (laughs) I got my research. All right, to uh, talk about the rules a little bit more um, from the last podcast, Um, each time two of us are obviously going to debate a topic. And then the opposite two will debate another topic, and it's going to be tournament style. So one person goes on. Um, the two opposite will vote who has won. I guess we haven't debated what we're going to do on a tie break. We'll have to discuss that if it happens. But uh, And then the championship round, the losers get to pick the topic from a topic pool we created together. Um, so it'll be fun. So tie won the also- last yeah, what's one up? One thing we decided last time is both the judges have to ask one question. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, the judges have to ask questions. Good, good call. That's fine. I'm fine with that. That's fine. Um, all right, so Ty and I will be discussing Drake today. Um, pr- predominantly, the question is, has Drake peaked? Will he ever reach the level of quality, keyword quality, of a – Nothing was the same or take care again. And since I won last time and I'm the reigning champ, I get to decide if I go first or second. And I will defer to Trey and let him go first. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Mr. Lawyer Man here. Um, I have research here. So I wrote down some numbers and uh, I'm just going to run through. So Thank Me Later, his first album, went number one in the U.S. It sold. 1.8 1.8 million. Now, some of these dwindle off because of the streaming era, and you'll see that. Um, so it, it sold 1.8 million. Um, it went platinum. Take care. So I'm just going to skip the number one in the U.S. because literally all of these went number one in the U.S. Um, it's 2.3 million. 
and it went six times platinum. Nothing was the same. It sold 1.7 million and it went four times platinum. If you're reading this, it's too late. It sold 1.2 million and it's two times platinum. Views 1.7 million, six times platinum, more life, 363,000. Not even gold yet uh, on the RIAA standard, which is what I went through for all of these. And then Scorpion sold 181,000 and it's five times platinum. Now, I didn't get too into the details whether um, the two most recent ones are streaming equivalent. I don't know if that's just pure sales. So don't like 100% quote me on that. But just on paper here, his sales have dwindled, and that could be a, a product of the streaming age. Now, I want to talk about Metacritic, which you have to take um, with a grain of salt because it's one website. It's not an aggregate score like a Rotten Tomatoes. But Thank Me Later had 75, Take Care, 78, Nothing Was the Same, 79. Uh, if you're reading this, it's too late, 78. Views, Ty's favorite Drake album, 69. More Life... Right. Very surprising. Got a 79, the same as nothing was the same, marking, according to this website, Drake's highest rated album. And then the latest one, Scorpion, is his lowest score on Metacritic with 67. So, just in terms of um, his career tra trajectory, two out of the three latest albums have been in the 60s. Um, now, to muddy the waters a little bit, on June 24th, 2019, with Money in the Grave, Drake officially outranked the Beatles. He got more, more hits than the Beatles uh, with 35 charted songs on the Billboard Hot 100 Top 10. Um, the latest one was Money in the Grave. Again, a banger, but not my favorite Drake song. And then his latest song, Tussie Slide, the one specifically made for TikTok. Um, right now it has 7.2 million views. So the popularity is there. The popularity has um, stayed with Drake. But I want to talk a little bit more about the quality of his work. Um, just according to Meta Metacritic, I pointed out that uh, 69 and 67 with Views and Scorpion, those are two out of three of his latest discography um, albums. Um, and also just more specifically with this Tussie slide, I personally thought it was really mid, it's catchy, it's made for TikTok, it'll be popular, but if you really boil it down, the man just sounds lazy. It sounds like a lazy song, it's a lazy chorus, it's catchy, but I don't know, it's just not my fave, and um, More Life, which Metacritic gave on um, one of the highest rankings, I personally think is his least, his, his worst album. Um, and that's playlist. it. Playlist. Scorpion was kind of a highlight, but in terms of the Metacritic and sales, they're dwindling. I just think Drake has plateaued critically, and I foresee him kind of on the downward trend. He's going to be still popular and going number one and selling out arenas. If we ever get to arenas, you, you gotta again. take a stance here at some point. Has he peaked? Is your is your argument that he's peaked or? or? I, I just said that he has plateaued and he's gonna fall. I, I said that. It, 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 it's my turn. Yeah, your turn. 
I'm about to end this man's whole career. I came with numbers, just saying. So I'm about to end this man's whole career. <laughs> so I'm just gonna first off, I want to say Metacritic, the website that you're 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 citing here, does not define for hip hop industry or the audience intake. And I said as a, that as a whole, that doesn't define what is quality and what is popular for the general public or does trail seo by the way so <laughs> or i would say a better measure of what is quality is what is popular i think the mass public enjoys what drake puts out time in and time out drake is notorious for having the fingers on the pulse of what is popular and what is trending um I, you, you used a lot of numbers, and I think Drake has navigated every single album. I mean, music has evolved um, throughout the past decade, and we're now in the streaming. We're not buying albums anymore. We're streaming music, which is, you, as you pointed out yourself, has altered the numbers. Drake is the biggest superstar in hip-hop, without a doubt. Um, he has not put out a flop of an album. You can make an argument that More Life probably, I mean, me technically wasn't even an album, um, but his greatest, but literally everything that he puts out does, like you said, number one in, in the U.S. Um, I don't see how you can peak when you're still number one and you haven't done anything to show us otherwise that you're not going to be number one when you put out. Like when Drake drops, if it's in 2020 or the next year, it's going to be the best album, like the number one, like his past albums have all gone number one. Uh, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't miss, he hasn't missed, and I don't see an argument for how you can be peaked if you are on top and you haven't shown any signs of weakness. He has fingers on the pulse of what is popular, what is hip-hop. Like You put the Mount Rushmore, Drake is the Michael Jackson of our, of our generation. Okay. Can I rebuttal? Yeah. Okay. So I think, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I would like to point out the main word, keyword of this question that was the core of what we're discussing today, and that is quality. I think all of us can agree, maybe not Ty, because he likes views, I know, but I think his two best debated albums are Nothing Was the Same and Take Care. I'm talking quality here. But your critically acclaimed said that Scorpion was his second, like was tied with his highest. So no, more life. Said more life. It's probably his or worst, life, his yeah. worst album. So I so admitted. You're, so you're critically no wait 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 wait. I'm talking just amongst ourselves. Nothing was the same, and Take Care is his best. Now, I like I I pointed out that Metacritic is not the clear cut. But you can't. I'm talking you can't numbers. Use it in your favor when you want it. <laughs> Anyway, going back to my discussion. So popularity wise, in my argument, in my opening statement, I did say that he is very popular and he deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore and he is an absolute superstar. Yes, he is. But like I discussed in our last podcast, the debate. Popularity doesn't always equate to quality, in my mind at least. I know you guys are going to hate this and it might uh, lose me some points here, but, you know, 
Lose your bird. Popular guy. Popular wow. guy. Wow. Way to appeal to the jury there. <laughs> yeah. music. And um, I don't know. Personally, I think popularity is spoon-fed to you a lot of the times by the radio. It's dependent on what he chooses as the single. First, say, God's Plan. Granted, I do like that song. But let's just say this Tootsie Slide is his first single on his next album. I will be very disappointed, and, and I just think quality-wise, yes, he has not dipped because every album has been number one, but in terms of quality amongst ourselves in the discussion, I think he has been on the downward trend. I love Drake. I like when he raps his ass off, and I think he's getting more and more lazy with his music. That's just my opinion. I just think you you look at, and you, we talked about it a little bit earlier, the Tootsie Slide is, like, we're all inside. It was, I think it was a very strategic and a very methodical move for Drake. And I don't, we don't know if it's going to be the single. We don't. Um, but he, he's smart. He knows what is popular. He knows what's going to hit. Like, Again with the popular thing. I said it doesn't always equate to quality, guy. I, why is it popular if it's not a quality song? Because I'm telling you, popular is fun, it's catchy, and Kate, Kate likes to turn up music, but is it always the best? But you don't get to define. I know. Like, everyone's quality is different. subjective. This is why it's an argument here. Everyone's I mean. quality is different. <laughs> and I, I would rather err on, you know, the popularity defines quality rather than than subjective personal opinion. The best album of all time, which, I mean, this is my opinion, but it also has a little bit of backup because of how toted it is and how, like, respected it is amongst the hip-hop community. To Pimp a Butterfly is my personal favorite album of all time, but a lot of Kendrick Lamar fans don't like it as their top Kendrick album because it's hard to digest. That's the core of my argument here. I mean... The Turn Up albums, The Good Kid, Mad City, it has the radio singles, and it has the popularity, but is it really the best? I don't know. That's the argument. Okay. Uh, yeah, you, I feel like, I feel got, like we've got, taken a lot of time. Yeah, you guys can ask your questions. So, I don't really have any questions. I think you guys drove it pretty well. Um, I think I have a ruling for what I think, who won. Hey, if you have any questions, I just have one more thing I want to say. Um... No, I don't have any questions. I, I don't have any questions. Kate's breaking his own rule that he created where he said, oh, they got to have a question. I don't have a question. I don't know. That's why this rule is dumb. All right. I want to say one more thing, then you can say one more thing. I think if you look at the question, has Drake peaked? I think it is obvious that there's no evidence that he is not, not peaked. There's no evidence that he's put like, on the downward trend. And in terms of quality, I don't think we've seen the best from from Drake. Like we're all anticipating his next album, and we think that he could get even even better, put out something even. Like we're all anticipating Drake. We all look forward to it, every, whenever whenever he drops, and we're we're looking forward to this next album. So quick rebuttal, then you guys can make your decision. I will end with this. Um, I enjoy Drake. I really like Drake. He puts out really good music. I just will end with this one question. You tell me, ha does Drake have his best album still in him? That's all I want to ask you. You ponder that and give us the answer. Go ahead, Cade. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. 
I just have a couple. I think you both brought good points to the table, and I love looking at the numbers of music, Ty. I love that. But in terms of his quality, I think Trey is right here. But I oh, that's how I don't really. I think for quality, I think it's almost ignorant to think that he hasn't put out his best music. I love Drake. I'm. I think we all love Drake here. Drake is like certified superstar. Everyone loves him. But his three album run between Take Care to Nothing Was the Same and If You're Reading This, I think that that is insane to me that those all three of those albums are fantastic front to back and i think it's i don't think we can say he has a better album than that but trey i think you did mess up because i going off some background knowledge you did say to me that the scorpion is going to come back to get you here because you said if he takes off most of his b-side album and he leaves like a couple songs such as like nice for what and in my feelings you did you did say that that would be his classic album like so for quality I do think you did kind of counter yourself with that point well, but well wait a second buddy I didn't bring that into this discussion you didn't bring it into this but you have so. said has has anyone heard this has has have other people heard him say this because he has said this and I agree with him I I agree with that point go ahead what you can't. He, but he, he didn't do that. So the album is what it is. I'm just saying, in terms of quality, if, if you're going to say that he had the potential to have the classic album, there has to be good songs and a good amount of good songs in there for it to be his classic album. I don't even know who I'm going to pick to win, but I'll probably, I'm, I think I'm going to go with Trey because it has, do, I think Trey has, do I think Drake has peaked? I do think Drake has peaked. All right, I, I'm also going to agree with Trey. I was going to go with Ty, but that last question, has is Drake going to produce a better album than he ever has? I don't think so. I think it, it's going to be a good album, but yeah, I have to go I'll, with Trey. I'll, I'll take my defeat, but I just want to say one more. <laughs> one more. Drake, Drake is a one-in-a-generation type of, of artist, like similar to like what Michael Jackson and people before him you and the Beatles and all the superstars, like you're, you don't know what they have left in him just because we don't have anything to compare him to other than Drake. And, sure. and I, I don't think we've seen the best of Drake. Like, he, he is the best in the game and he, he is once in a generation. That's all I can say. I, I, just, think, say, I just think I, it's more likely that he doesn't have it in him than he does have it in him. But I do love Drake though, for sure. I, I love Drake. Uh, I think I agree with you. He's a once in a generation artist. Um, I personally don't think he's the best rapper, but I do think he is one of the best artists. So good argument. GG. <laughs> All right. You guys are up. Um, Cam and Cade, we have which phase four Marvel movie will be the most important moving forward for Marvel. All right, kid, you beat me in the last one, so I'll let you pick if you want to go first or second. Second. Oh, my God. Going first sucks. Okay. So, most important for Marvel. I think moving forward, the most important movie, franchise, however you want to label it, I think the Eternals is the one they really have to get right. First of all, it's the first new group of heroes that we have. It's the first new movie we have. We have Black Widow. And then we have a bunch of guys we haven't seen before. We don't know a whole lot about. 
So I think they really have to nail Eternals on February 12th, 2021, because that will set the tone for Phase 4. If Eternals flops, I guarantee you Shang-Chi right after will flop as well. Why would you go to a movie for someone you haven't seen if the first movie you go to, that after Endgame with these new heroes, if that movie isn't good, why would Shang-Chi be any good? So why would you go to that? So if, if Eternals flops, they have to rely too much on sequels, and sequels themselves are very risky because you have to nail them perfectly. So I think that in order to, in order to keep the Marvel train pushing, you have to nail Eternals first. And then I could see that not being the next Avengers, but I could see it being like the next more serious Guardians of the Galaxy, which Guardians of the Galaxy, if you look at it, is very similar. A bunch of heroes not a whole lot of people knew about until the movies came out. And now if you think about Guardians of the Galaxy, they're one of the most loved heroes in the whole Avengers. So I think Eternals has the potential to be a Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's going to be more serious because I know a little bit about it. So, So... My movie that I picked is Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. And I picked this for the importance of furthering the story. This movie can go any direction it wants. It has so many different directions that it can go. We know there's a multiverse that's going to be explored in this, which could open up Spider-Man's multiverse, which is always a plot line that they mess around with, but they haven't fully implemented it into the MCU they could implement X-Men, which haven't been in the MCU, and this could be the perfect way to bring them in. They're in a multiverse. They're going to come help now. This is also going to have star power with Wanda in it, with, and I think she fits perfectly in this multiverse thing. Her powers just kind of seem like they're in, in there. Uh, was, the vi- was the villain confirmed to be Nightmare? I believe so. Yeah, I think he's a really good villain, and if they can add some horror elements into it, it's definitely going to be a different type of movie with a lot of exploration they can do, and I think it can really push the storyline of Phase 4 as much as they want. Okay, so kind of for a rebuttal for that, I have for the Eternals. Being the Eternals, the way they are, they're like, some of the most powerful beings in the universe. Obviously, you see Thanos, he's an, he is an Eternal. Like, that's what he came from. And Eternals is a race of people. So, But with the Eternals, they could push the storyline even, I'm talking endgame level push. Because the way they could do that is they could introduce the Celestials, which create all the beings in the universe. They're basically gods. Like, that's how it works. Galactus, which I know that name, you guys kind of know. Galactus is a Celestial. So... Pushing that, that could be the next big bad for Marvel. So that could that could introduce the next Thanos, you could say. So that could set up big, big things for them later on down the line. But you, you could also find your big villain in the multiverse. I think the multiverse is just super strong. It can bring in so many different heroes, too. What, what bigger villain is there than gods that create people? And when they don't what like saying. what they're doing, they come to this. Yeah, that's like what I'm saying. That's the celestial. That's a celestial. Dormammu was like that. Dormammu was like time. Yes, yeah, but he didn't, create, he didn't create everything. That's what a celestial is. Okay, so you're telling me. Yes. You're telling me that Galactus is going to pull more people than 
possibly the X-Men or Spider-Verse. That wasn't my point. My point was that he could be the next big bad villain, such as Thanos, and could push the storyline forward. Because you're I'm technically saying... push, you're trying to push for another Avengers here, because Avengers is what moves the, moves the needle for storylines. So if you're pushing for that, that could set up the next Avengers villain and push push the storyline the absolute most it can go. I'm saying the heroes are more important. I have a question. I have a question too. You want to go first? Yeah. yeah, I have a question for for both of you. I don't care who takes it first. But so for the in the previous phase of Marvel MCU, what movie pushed it the furthest? What was the most critical to the previous phase of the MCU? Um, what, uh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm either going to say Civil War or Thor Ragnarok. Well, you got to pick one. Uh, Ragnarok. Actually, no, right. Civil War. Civil War. Final answer, Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> okay, for pushing the needle, it has to be the first Avengers. The first Avengers was perfect. It a large scale attack that brought multiple heroes into the mix, and at the very end, what do we see? We see a cutscene of Thanos who sent the whole army. And what 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 are we pushing towards? We're pushing towards a movie like Endgame. That's gonna be the highest grossing movie ever. So I'm, it's the most anticipated. I think pushing the needle. We saw Thanos in Avengers. We saw Thanos in Avengers, in Avengers: Age of Ultron. Saw him in Infinity War, and we saw him in Endgame. A recurring villain is what we want to see, so that pushed the most, pushed the needle the most. Okay, so my question, um, in terms of the multiverse, if you will, this is, I guess, more so for Cade, but I can try and think of how to loop it with Cam. Um, how do you think that they will deal with the whole Marvel Sony deal? Will that help them? If you, because you're saying the multiverse is how they push the story, will that help them, or will that hurt them? Be their contract negotiation moving forward with Marvel and Sony. I think it could hurt them, but I, it's Marvel. I think they're going to get around it. They're perfect at at telling stories, so I think they'll be fine. Okay, and then I guess for Cam, how how do how does Marvel take advantage of the Disney Plus series and looping, if you say the Eternals, the Eternals with a story moving forward? Hmm. Taking advantage of Disney Plus? I don't think the Eternals would really suit the Disney Plus scene. I think similar to Guardians of the Galaxy. Like they're they're with the Eternals, they have the ability to be like Guardians of the Galaxy with the importance of the Avengers almost. Like kinda like that. So, I mean, I don't really, I see them as being big moviegoer, moviegoer type movies, not really the Disney Plus scene. Okay. I, I have mine. Um, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? You can go first. All right. Um, I think you got both, you both, I, you both made good arguments for your movie, uh, but I do think there was a correct answer here, um, and that was Cam. Uh, I think so it's fine. the correct point for the correct movie uh and the question that i asked i you both kind of named uh the team-up movie um civil war and uh you said about the first avengers camp 
which I really think that's what this Eternals is going to turn out to be. And you were kind of you you brought home that point a little bit, Cam. And I think that's why it's going to move the the needle the furthest in the MCU because that's really really what drives the MCU is is these big huge movies. All right. I am also going to go Cam, but I think Cade put up a really good argument. Um, yeah, I do. I definitely respect Cade's argument. That was good. That was my initial reaction was Dr. Strange. Well, let me, but here, so the reason I think I align with Ty in the fact that I think the reason I chose you was because the Avenger style, because it's, I don't think, I don't think the Eternals will be like the Avengers. It'll be an Avenger. I think what you were going for is, an Avenger style movie that it's a team up and they move the uh, forward, especially with the villain. I really like the villain uh, discussion, but for Cade to just rebuttal, um, I think that Disney plus and looping their series more, so, that could have been a really good point that you could have brought up because we know that um, WandaVision is going to lead directly into Doctor Strange 2, and if they do open... I, I do like the argument of it could open up the Spider-Verse or uh, the X-Men. I just think that you could have maybe looped it into um, bigger storytelling, especially with Disney+. Plus. Um, but it was a good argument. All right, so in the next round, we have Cam versus Trey. I'm already beating Trey once. Here we go. All right. Um, so, Cade, how do we want to pick the ones out of the out of the topic pool? Um, I personally think the what sport has the most impact on the sports world being gone. I think it's a relevant one that um, both could have a good good argument for. Uh, do you, Do you want to do another one, or are you okay doing that one? Yeah, I, I'm fine with that one. I mean, the other ones is just that one's the best. So yeah, let's do that. All right. Uh, are you guys okay doing that one? Sure. Are yeah, you? I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm good. All right. Uh, All right. Who wants to go first here? I do have a question, though. Are sure. we talking sport that has already been canceled or a sport that has the potential to be canceled? Yeah, it's not. I, the body of work, whatever you think. It doesn't matter. Yeah, so I think you can you can put NFL, college football, because we don't know yet. Oh, oh man. Because if, if, we if we're not sure, then I would definitely pick college football. All right, so I'll, I'll just. Uh, so are, are we doing that? Are we doing potential? Or are we doing? Doesn't matter. Yeah. Has, has I mean, you think it'll be? Good. You say so. Take this as a hypothetical question. Right. What if you took a sport away from the sports world? Which one, taken away from it, will have the most impact being gone? Oh, college football for sure. For sure. It it brings people in the game that aren't necessarily invested in sports like students such as like i mean students like that wouldn't normally be at football games you see them at college football games it's very weird like at iowa i know i know people that i was like i pay attention to football and i see people snapchat stories every weekend of them at the iowa games maybe not necessarily for the game but everyone across the united states is invested in college football and I know everyone is watching on that college football championship. So if we if that really does get canceled, I think that would impact everyone. Whereas if you pick a different sport like NBA, it's just people who enjoy basketball and people who enjoy the social media drama for what happens in the playoffs and this and that. 
So I think college football has the social media because you see it everywhere. You have people that aren't necessarily invested in sports, invested in college football because they go to the school, so they want to see their school win. And yeah, it just it's a great sport, and I think it would be a tragedy if we didn't have it. Okay, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to go NFL <laughs> uh, because I also think football in general it would be the biggest in terms of the sport being on. But uh, to drive home a point, I think the NFL more per se because um, of the dollars and cents. Um, I think specifically the NFL owns a day of the week. Now, you can make the argument for college football owning Saturday, but – um, really, when you think of sport owning a day, it's NFL Sunday. Um, that, that's just my opinion. But um, I think and I don't have numbers in front of me to really back this up. But I really do think um, football gets the eyes and ears of the world. Really, the sport uh, Super Bowl is the biggest sports event on the planet when it happens. And if you take that away, that will seriously impact companies and the commercials uh, being poured in and the entertainers at halftime. Like, it's just a pop culture event. Um, also, it uh, really another thing, point that I'd like to make is really NFL, in my opinion, is and I guess college football a little bit, but um, they're really the only ones holding on. We've talked about um, – all the moves happening and the free agency and a little bit of trading here and there and people being dropped, all that. And we hear talk about the NFL draft. It really feels like the NFL is trying to hold on. Now, do I think that's smart in terms of keeping everyone healthy? No, I don't think so. But um, if NFL, <laughs> I don't want to say corrupt, but if it's any organization who's going to try and keep it going through this coronavirus, it's going to be the NFL. And I think that just also drives the point home that if it was pulled away, I think the, the world would cry a little bit because they love NFL so much. And I mean, you can make the same arguments that Cam made about how people going on Sundays and uh, Snapchats of people being at the games and everyone loving it. And uh, I mean, you can make that same point for NFL. I just think dollars and cents wise, you take the NFL away and it impacts the whole world more. That's my argument. All right. So kind of to rebuttal is like, so for you saying for people going to the games, I'm saying that there are people that you would never expect at a football game because it's college is cheaper. Probably like for at most schools, it's cheaper than going to an NFL football game. And they're already on campus. And if you ask, if you ask anyone on campus, hey, what are you doing this weekend? They are going to that college football game. And then the Super Bowl is the most watched event in the world. It's a fact. But the NFL regular season does not matter. Nobody really – not nobody. I'm not going to say nobody because there are people. But not as many people are going to pay attention to the NFL regular season as the college football regular season. Once they get into those conference games and those really challenging games, everyone's paying attention every single weekend. Whereas the NFL regular season is, I mean, it's call me when the playoffs start. That's what happens with the NFL. I don't know. I disagree. I, I have a, I have a question. Okay. If, are you guys done making yeah, arguments? Yeah, that's fine. You guys done making arguments? I'm, I'm good, yeah. My question to both of you, and I want an honest answer, is – 
if you have to pick between your favorite college football game or your favorite NFL game, which one are you going to? Oh, college football. I'm 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 going to Nebraska over Carolina. Yes, sir. I promise you that. I think the needle is a little bit closer for me. Uh, I love the Ravens, but I also love Notre Dame. But, I mean, just in terms of this argument, I'm going to say NFL, obviously. I said the dial is closer for me, but I still choose the Ravens. Okay, I got a question for Cam. Why didn't you pick the NBA? Why didn't I pick the NBA? Yeah. Because college football is a beloved sport. I love the NBA. Personally, I love the NBA. I'm a big basketball fan. And if you know me, I don't even really like football that much. Like, I enjoy watching it. But every Saturday, what am I tuned into, Cade, when Nebraska's on? Every oh, single Saturday. Nebraska. Every single Saturday, I watch Nebraska because I love college football because I love Nebraska. And I don't even like football that much. So I know that other people think the same way I do. That's why I chose Can I college football. The NBA question? What's up? Can I answer the NBA question? Yeah. I think to piggyback off a point that Cam made in his argument to my rebuttal, I guess, um, for me specifically, the NBA, I'm not tuned on until the playoffs or maybe even the finals. Um, I think that it, it it's a playoff-driven game, and – it's for me the NBA drama outside of the game is a little more than the actual rhythm. Um, once you get down to the playoffs, I think that's where it really drives home. But um, I think for football in general, college or NFL, I think that drives it home. I think throughout the whole year you're invested, and I guess to to argue Cam on that point, I'm invested from week one in NFL through the Super Bowl. Um, Every game, every game matters. So, are you guys, are you guys done? I have my, I have mine. Yeah. Are you? Do you have yours, kid? Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Okay. Um, I basically, I mean, there you can. There are very good arguments for both. Um, and I think probably if it came down to it, the NFL has more of you know a bang for your buck. Uh, in terms of economics and stuff like that, but I'm talking in terms of personal investment for the average viewer. I'm gonna go with Camden on this one because oh, yeah. you got people literally they'll go to college like they'll go to a specific college just for the college football team, like University of Florida, I mean University of Iowa. But you have people going there just to watch the college football game. I mean, you have diehards for there's so there, but there's so many. Uh, so much more personal investment in college football. And what you, you talked about economic impact a little bit with the NFL. You're, if that would happen, I mean, you've already seen a little bit with March Madness uh, with college basketball. There are athletic programs that are looking at the and scratching their heads like, what are we going to do now? Because they're not getting that money coming in from the TV stations, from all the advertisements and stuff like that. Right there, I mean, granted, the players don't get paid, and they should, um, but if college football weren't around, there would be a huge economic impact as well. But, so, but Cam, you, the personal investment, you won the argument there. So Cam wins? For, for me, okay. Cam's not Um, I think 
I think Cam's going to win because it was really the economic effect of the NFL versus the accessible accessibility of college football games. And I think that's just more like college football games are way more accessible than the NFL. So you even said it yourself, like, and when you answered my question, you were, you would rather go to a Notre Dame game. I did not say that. Whatever. I'll let Cam have this. Let's go. That's an easy win. (laughs) Easy win, he said. I think we had three good debates. Those are all good debates today. I think so. The the one last time, I got picked apart at the very end. (laughs) I'm a dog. (laughs) I got picked apart. I didn't come ready. Okay. All right. Uh, Do we want to move? Good good win, Cam. Do you want a victory speech? I don't need a victory speech. I'll give it next time when I win. Wow, beautiful. Okay. Uh, Video game news? Yep, you got the gaming box score, Cade. Tell us what we got here. We have a busy whatever since the last time we talked. A lot of video game news. Um, the first topic we have today is a game called Half-Life Alex. I don't know if any of you have heard of Half-Life. No. Very popular series. Has a like ritualistic following. Uh, dropped... People have been waiting on Half-Life 3 for a while. They dropped a game called Half-Life Alex instead, and it's all fully VR. It's kind of the first full VR experience we've ever seen like this. So I'm just kind of wondering your guys' thoughts on where VR is going. Kate, is it out now? Yes, it's out. Um, I'm a huge fan of VR. Um, I mean... I don't have, like, a PlayStation VR or anything, but just in terms of, like, I'm a big fan of, like, looking towards the future and, like, seeing where technology is going to go. And, I mean, this is, like, really, really out there, and this is a hot take, I guess. But, like, in terms of, like, a Ready Player One, I mean, that's, that's like, way, way out there. But I VR is the future, and, I, I mean, I'd be here for it. I think it'd be really cool to have a Ready Player One type game. Yeah, I think as long as they they have to be careful here. So I, if they want it to be successful in terms of VR, they have to make it accessible to the gen. Like, it can't be super expensive, you know, yeah. that it's unreasonable for the average person to get that's it. The problem they have. Yeah, I think that's the 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 problem that they're going to encounter, and I, they'll probably find a way to to make it affordable, or hopefully they do because. I think virtual reality can be a really cool concept and a cool thing. Um, but if I'm going to have to drop $1,000 on it, I'm not going to, or $500. <laughs> it's the PlayStation, I'm not going to. Yeah. Where do you think yeah, it's going? I think it'll tend to become the norm for virtual reality. I don't really know a whole lot about the Half-Life Alex game, but I can I, I think we're headed towards virtual reality being the, the norm. However, yeah, I'm tied hit it right on the head when he said it's too expensive right now. But I think once it, be- once it becomes normal, the cost will start to go down. I think it's farther out. I think there's still a lot of problems that need to be worked out with it. There's a lot of optimization that needs to be done to the point where we can get to that VR is normal. And some people may not even want that. Some people may just like their screen and controller. Um. Big wig, I don't know the name. I don't. I don't know who it was, but a recognizable name. I've seen it. Like I don't know if it was like 
a tweet or something. I, I've seen this in the rotation a lot. Um, but they say the future virtual reality will feel and look more real than reality at one point in our lives. So that'd be crazy. Yeah. That'd be great. So just something to think on there before you uh, say this next one, if it's spoilers, I don't know if I want to hear it. Cause I loved the Spider-Man, the first Spider-Man game. So I don't know if this is a second one or what, but it, it's not that many spo- or It just says the villains. It's okay. just, so we have a Spider-Man leak that came out on Reddit for a PS5 Spider-Man game, it would come out towards the end of this console generation, start of the new one. It'd be with a bunch of new graphics with the villains being Venom and Carnage. What do we think? I have a question, though. Good. Cam, did you play the Spider-Man game? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, you have it. I, I watched can, you play Can I spoil bit. it? or? Okay, so... <laughs> My question to you is where they left off with the story, why wouldn't um, Green Goblin be the, the next big villain? He was also in the league. It was okay. just going to say, I mean, they yeah. would pull that away. Okay. He was in the league. I, th- I'm not a big story game guy, but I absolutely love the Spider-Man game. It was awesome. So I, I'm, I'll be looking forward to this. Cam? I mean, if that's true, that it's going to be a crossover game, like end of this generation, start of the next one, it's going to be, it would make sense for them to go with a game that sold, I don't even know how many copies. It was, I just I just know Spider-Man was a huge game for PlayStation. So this would be perfect for them to kick yeah, off the I, PS5 launch. Yeah, I agree. I think Spider-Man can be like a beautiful game with the swinging, the city. Um, my only concern for it is the amount of content. Because uh, story games are done once you're done, but I love story games, with yeah. the content we we had the Spider-Man, so like, what new animations can they bring him to make it feel like it's a new game? And I would also, I don't know how they would do it, but I would love like a multiplayer aspect. Um, that'd mm-hmm. be really fun. I know the Avengers game that's coming out; it got delayed, I believe, but uh, yeah, that does have a co-op aspect, I believe, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that makes a little more sense because they're different characters, and I understand Spider-Man's one character, but I think it'd be really cool if we all could get on and play Spider-Man together. Yeah, I I think it would be too, and with the new consoles, it's definitely going to be possible. I just don't know if they want to take that route. Right. Okay, what do I have up next? Call of Duty. Okay, so we have a Call of Duty Season 3 leak. We have new maps. Uh, one that sticks out with me is Village from Modern Warfare 3. I don't know Ooh, if you guys great map. One. Great map. A new sniper, a new pistol coming to the game. Uh, a lot of new Battle Royale uh, game modes, uh, duos, quads, uh, one that makes a circle close faster, stuff like that. How are we feeling? I'm I'm excited. I this war zone has been freaking awesome, man. I think I'm easily the nastiest on this uh, podcast right now. That got, is so. I got the most dubs, um, so <laughs> I think that's pretty short. Um, I mean, I'm this this Call of Duty, you know, started off a little uh, with just the multiplayer. I was a little skeptical, but the war zone the new season have been uh, phenomenal so far. So I'm excited for season three. Uh, when does season three start? Is it coming in the next few days? So the most 
when I would guess it would start, which would make the most sense, is like three days when the battle pass ends, because that's when they started season two. So that's when they do stuff like that. They did that same thing for yeah. Black Ops. That would make sense. And the biggest thing I'm looking forward to is the quads for for battle royale. I think it, we could all play. It's very necessary. It just always yeah. I'm honestly a little disappointed of them adding in a new sniper and pistol. I want to. Those are like more skill weapons, but I don't want those. I want weapons that more people can use. Cause in multiplayer, I'm not gonna run with, run around with a pistol or a sniper. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, they could have added it more honed in on the the black or the uh, war zone, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. What do I what do I have up next? Um, you have Last of Us Two delayed, but I have a question before you answer that one. Yep. I don't, we may have like brought it up on the last podcast, but there's a game that's getting made into an HBO show. Did we talk about this uh, last podcast? I think we brought it up, yeah. Okay, I was just gonna. Do you know about that game? And I was gonna. I, I trying to remember. I, I wonder if it is The Last of Us because The Last of Us is a huge Actually, game. I think it might be. I'm about to look it up because um, a lot of people like this game, big AAA game, and I know you guys don't even know about it but <laughs> i did want to bring up the topic of is the coronavirus going to delay more games yep the last sorry to interrupt you it is the last of us is the the guy who wrote chernobyl uh is bringing an hbo series of the, la the last of us there it should be good so um, well, what do you guys think um i i also for context one one more thing the game is done they said it's fully ready. They're just holding off. Because they don't want people going to stores and buying it. Yeah. Yeah. So I it's mean, not a they can't finish it issue. If you think about it from like a company aspect, this is literally the best time to release a game because everyone at home just playing video games and staying inside for the most part. Uh, I understand not wanting people to go to the store, but... Uh, nowadays, you can download it on the PlayStation Store. And yeah, you could do it. You could do it like uh, stream only or whatever. That's how I purchase my games is on the PlayStation because it's easier. You don't have to change this. You don't have to go anywhere. So I think I think that's where most people buy their games. So I think it's kind of questionable to. That's how I got back. the worst game I've ever bought in my life: Red Dead Freaking Redemption Two. <laughs> <laughs> If the yeah. online worked, it was fun. It was a fun game. And yep. the story was really good. I played the story because I'm a huge story fan game guy. I love God of War. That was a fantastic game. So. Okay. I, that's all we have on, on gaming. Uh, we're going a little long here. Right. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you want to do quarantine stories? I don't really have a quarantine story. I don't have one either. Me neither. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know if you guys had any any funny uh, quarantine stories. If you I, guys gone gone mad, bored yet, bored in the house, in the house, bored. <laughs> I'm <laughs> to work. I'm deemed essential, so it's not really a lot different. It just sucks when I come home. I can't go out and do anything, so that sucks. Um, but for me, I'm still going to work. So if I were stuck in the house, I definitely would be losing my mind. I think a little bit. Um, I mean. I would be writing like crazy, so that would be what was different. I'd probably be more productive, honestly. So, yeah, I, uh, I've been working from home. Uh, had to stay in my apartment a lot more, uh, which is 
makes me a little stir crazy. Uh, me and the roommates have gotten pretty pretty creative playing pranks on each other and stuff like that. Uh, doing things that we see on TikTok. Uh, we did the the smoking toilet the other day to one of our to one of our roommates. I don't know if you guys seen that or not, but it's pretty funny. I saw it. Um, but we've been doing a lot Uber Eats and stuff like that. And so my roommate the other day got Buffalo Wild Wings delivered to the house and um they delivered it without any sauce so that was kind of crappy um i've never i've never done a uber eats or doordash or anything like that i wonder like how does it work do you do you pay for the meal and like a service charge for them yeah is that how it works yeah like the one order costs like 27 bucks okay with the delivery but yeah but yeah, if you guys don't have any quarantine stories, uh, Kate, are you feeling better? Uh, yeah, I'm feeling better. You're sick for a little Good. bit. Glad to hear it. We don't have to end on the uh, angry I have note. Something though, like oh, if you want, I mean, if you yeah. want to, I, don't... I thought of something as well. Yeah, All right. I got something. All right, let's do it real quick then. Uh, we, we normally do a "What's pissing you off" segment, um, and then we kind of end with a fun intro like, or outro, I guess, but. What do you guys have? And it doesn't have to be in detail. You can just tell us. Okay, I'll go first. So with the new consoles rolling out, they're releasing more and more stuff about them. And it was released that the Xbox controller still takes batteries. Like, what are we doing? How could you not get a rechargeable controller as the base controller as the Xbox? We should be past batteries and we should be at rechargeable controllers microsoft is scrubby mm-hmm. all right what do you have kate or cam all right i'll just keep mine short mine's try ignorantly hating on eternal attack <laughs> <laughs> that's cool <laughs> mine is deluxe versions of streaming era albums it like we t- we briefly hit on it earlier but it seems like on like Literally, maybe all of the albums we talked about um, earlier today have, maybe not albums, are all of them. After Hours has a deluxe version. Um, Before Love Came to Kill Us has one. I know, uh, obviously, your Eternal Take had one. And uh, even Mac Miller um, came out, the deluxe version came out with two new songs. Um, I, it's annoying and it's like, maybe it's an OCD weird thing, but like, I like to have the album and it's more so in terms of like streaming the end of the year, December playlist that pops up. Like, I don't know if you guys have Spotify or Apple music, but Apple music produced this playlist of your most streamed music. Like in terms of the artist, if you drop a whole new album with the deluxe versions, you're gonna lose all those streamings on the other one. It's just annoying. I, I and I just like, I I don't know. It's just annoying. It it, it feels cluttered to me. <laughs> I get so that's that. That's my that's my gripe of the week. What do you have, Ty? Anything? I, I would say my we kind of talked about it a little bit. My gripe is uh I'm I I need my sports back, man. <laughs> it feels like there's nothing on ESPN anymore. <laughs> I'm sick of it. Uh, Watch two K tournament. Yeah, it's just not the same. That's uh, on ESPN. Yeah. 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 Oh, really? It's just not. It's just not the same. Uh, that's my gripe. 
missing sports. I want my baseball. I want I want my uh, really missed March Madness. I was freaking looking forward to this NBA playoffs, um, and mm-hmm. now it's not looking like we we might not get it. So yeah, so, yeah. hit nukes right about now. It's just it's an insane time. Um, and thank you for taking the time to listen to this two-hour podcast. Um, <laughs> out some time. You know, I know you're not doing anything else, so thanks for sticking with us. Uh, this is the Scrubs Podcast. I'm Trey Lestio, the Dawn of Entertainment, Two Fly Tie Tie, Glove Lender Cam, K the Turtle Killer. Uh, like, subscribe, tell your friends we're taking over the world. You know the drill. And we'll be back next time. Scrubs. Bye.